Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the Trickeration podcast, the number one podcast about deception in sports. I'm your host, Matt, and today we are re-examining a recent basketball record that maybe, just maybe, definitely, I don't think should have been handed out. Curious to hear what you guys think after the episode. And we got some great feedback on last week's episode in which I spoke with the instigator of the Great Potato Pickoff in 1987. Many people knew about this play, but were surprised to hear the details of how he pulled the whole thing off and the fallout from it. So if you haven't heard that one, make sure to go back and check it out. And next week, I will be examining a state fishing record that may have been too good to be true. But first, this week, a closer look at another fishy record. Enjoy. I think we maybe go down the rabbit hole and now we have to watch the, the previous record and see if there's any assist there we need to take away. Back on August 31st, Courtney Vandersloot, the point guard for the WNBA's Chicago Sky, dished out a record 18 assists in a win over the Indiana Fever, topping the previous mark of 16 by Tisha Penachiero. Said the announcer at the time, quote, an unforgettable moment in WNBA history. And making the performance even sweeter, the record-breaking assist went to Vandersloot's wife, Allie Quigley. As far as sports moments go, this one was tough to beat. As a fan of great passers and not knowing much about Vandersloot, I went back and watched the assists. And I had two reactions. One, Courtney Vandersloot is a terrific passer. And two, there is no way she should have been credited with 18 assists in this game. To my untrained eye, this stat line seemed totally bogus. But what do I know? So I went to the foremost expert on this kind of thing, Sacramento Kings senior analyst Matthew Van Bommel, someone who has spent more time than anyone analyzing the thin line between assists and just regular passes. I think you're the first person that's ever actually officially called me the foremost expert, so I'll, I'll definitely take that. But basically, I've done a decent amount of work into looking at the subjectivity of recorded statistics in basketball. And what does that mean for people who have no idea what we're talking about? Yeah, so the prime example is the assist. If you're watching at home and someone makes a pass and then the guy takes a dribble before he shoots and it goes in, 
you might think it's an assist, I might think it's not an assist, right? Because there's kind of this gray area of where an assist starts and stops. It's not like a made basket where it's very obvious it goes in or it doesn't. And so the people who are officially recording the statistics for the game have to make a judgment call in a lot of these cases on whether to score something as an assist or not. And so I was looking into, you know, if you have a human element involved in these decisions, is there potential for inconsistencies or biases to be involved? What about this mattered to you? I mean, who cares about the subjectivity of assist? Why is that even a thing to worry about? Or is that a silly question to ask an analyst? (laughs) That might be a silly question to ask an analyst. You know, this isn't the preeminent issue in sports analytics. This doesn't affect who wins or loses this game. But I do think it has a decent impact in that we use statistics to evaluate players. I mean, certainly we use it as analysts in our jobs, but even in the media, a fan watching at home, you know, we quote these statistics and we use that and that influences how we see players. And I think our perception of players has a lot of impact. You know, team's perception of players obviously impacts salaries and team composition and construction and media obviously has an impact on end of season awards and even fans on just the popularity of a player. And so I think it's important to sort of look at these building blocks of how we're analyzing these players and at least know what's going into them. And before we dive into the data, I think we should establish for listeners, what is an assist? I mean, that's a great question. All the definitions that I've ever come across involve either some wording of in the judgment of the scorekeeper or some wording of a pass that directly leads to a basket. And so there is no hard and fast rule, like you can only take this many dribbles, this many steps, this much time can occur. There's subjectivity baked right into the definition. And why is it a problem that there's judgment involved? I mean, in other sports, we allow umpires to use judgment for balls and strikes. A ref uses judgment on pass interference. What's the problem with having a scorekeeper using judgment? Certainly judgment is an aspect of sports. I think ideally, though, you don't want human biases impacting the results of anything in sports. And so one of the interesting aspects of these box score statistics is that you have each team hires their own team of scorekeepers to keep track of these statistics. And so if, you know, the scorekeeper for one team is a lot more generous in handing out assists for the scorekeeper in another team, then the players on those teams are going to have drastically different numbers, even if they're performing at very similar levels. And then the other word you pointed out in this definition of the assist is directly. An assist is awarded only if the last player's pass contributed directly to a made basket. How are we supposed to know what directly constitutes? So in my understanding, there is some formal training that the official statisticians go under. And so I assume in that there's there's some sort of video study aspect or examples given, and then they kind of just have to build up this identifying muscle, if you will, where they can tell what an assist is or isn't. Uh, But you or I watching at home, I mean, I think everyone has slightly different definitions. I think from my perspective, what almost the ideal situation would be is is if everything was just directly comparable. There was a hard definition of what is and isn't an assist. Historically, it's always followed that exact definition. And so that when a record occurs, we can very confidently say, hey, this is an earned record. There's no subjectivity. There's no bias in this. 
The aha moment that alerted Van Bommel that there was a potential for a scorekeeper bias was the 2009 publication of an article in Deadspin titled Confessions of an NBA Scorekeeper. And this article basically told the story of a Vancouver Grizzlies scorekeeper who one day decided to award a Lakers player, surprisingly enough, 23 assists. And a lot of these assists were not necessarily earned assists. And the scorekeeper has this quote in the article where he says, I wanted the numbers to be meaningful and accurate, and I know they weren't. And then he says, I was good at making them inaccurate. And so I think, you know, there's a little bit of frustration on his part where he's seeing something going on and, and he's kind of testing the limits of how far this can actually go. So this scorekeeper took it upon himself to award Van Exel the most assists any player would have during the 1997 season for no reason other than he could. How many assists should Van Exel have had that night? It's hard to say, partly because the tape of that 97 game isn't on the internet. So I tracked down one of the only people on the planet who has a copy. Uh, I've always, I've always adored vintage NBA basketball. One of my hobbies is to collect old recordings. It's sort of the way I learned so much about the game. That's Latvian journalist, first name Rainus. I'll let him pronounce the last name. It's Latsis. L-A-C-I-S, Latsis. Back in 2016, Rainus, inspired by the Deadspin article, dug out the old grainy VHS tape of the 97 Lakers-Grizzlies game. He wrote a blog post titled, An Unnecessary Breakdown of Van Exel's Fudged 23 Assists. So I wanted to do an experiment and uh, watch the game specifically for this purpose. I sort of looked at it as a fun exercise for me to write about. His determination on the actual number of assists Van Exel should have been awarded that day? I would say that 15 would be strict and I can live with 17. According to Reynas, Van Exel's official assist total was inflated by between six and eight, changing his passing performance from a nice day at the office to the 12th highest total in NBA history at the time. So how did the scorekeeper pull this off? The main one is the fact that whenever Shaq scored off his uh, pass, then uh, it turns into a, an assist. But you can have an assist on a pass to the post in some circumstances, but other circumstances, it seems a little ridiculous. Can you describe the kinds of assists that Van Exel was getting off Shaq passes that seemed like they were pushing the line of what was fair? It seemed like a simple entry pass. I believe there are three occasions of such plays where he simply entered the ball, you know, Shaq could bomb the ball, look around, take a few dribbles, score. And uh, I, I would say that most people who either are in basketball, or have played basketball, would say that it's, it's sort of against the spirit of what an assist is. He also found multiple instances in which Van Exel was credited with assists off simple passes to guards on the wing that led eventually, though not directly, to a basket. One other play was simply passing it to Kobe and he took like eight dribbles and scored. So. That also is kind of counterintuitive, at least it shouldn't be an assist. And how do you say in Latvian, that assist was total bullshit? <laughs> I would say that most people would say, Time for a quick break. When we come back, Courtney Vandersloot's record gets the Zapruder treatment. I mean, certainly there's, there's a bit of excitement when you see that there is actually something here.
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. When Matthew Van Bommel read the Deadspin confessional article, rather than inspiring him to reanalyze this one game, he had a different idea. So my main thought in reading this article was just that this is a really interesting topic and I couldn't find anyone who had taken a real statistical view of this and to see the potential impact something like this could have on player statistics. And then I basically just dove into the data to try to see what I could find. So he and his working partner built a model to analyze all 82,493 potential assists during the 2015-2016 season. So we actually were able to look into the different factors that actually impact what is or isn't an assist. And so some of the things that tend to be pretty relevant are how many dribbles a player took in between the pass and the basket, how much time elapsed in between the pass and the shot, how closely guarded the player is when they receive the pass. When they receive the pass, do they immediately go to make a move towards the basket? Or is there this pause? Is there this jab-stepping? kind of setting up their defender to try and blow by them. And the number of dribbles to me seems like it's a big indicator. Can you make assumptions about assists if there's a certain amount of dribbles or is that not clear cut either? I certainly don't think it's clear cut. And the more dribbles you take, the less likely a pass is to be recorded as an assist. But there's no line where at three, it drops off a cliff in the likelihood. And I think the example that I kind of always think of is if you make a pass to someone and that springs them on a fast break kind of ahead of a crowd, even if they're three or four dribbles away from the rim, I still think that can be recorded as an assist because the pass led to that scoring opportunity. And conversely, what would be an example where there was zero or one dribbles, but you would say, I don't think that's really an assist. If you make a pass to someone and they hold the ball for five, six seconds, they're jab stepping, shot faking, and then maybe they take a dribble and pull up, 
that seems to me like something that might not be worthy of an assist because the past didn't actually lead to that advantage. Back to the judgment, what would be the motivation for a scorekeeper to inflate assist totals for his own team? I mean, what does he care if Chris Paul has 12 assists or eight assists? I mean, it doesn't affect him really. I think the majority of the biases or the inconsistencies we see are actually the result of a subconscious bias. And that you don't actually have statisticians who are deciding, oh, I'm going to look and hunt to give more assists to this player or that player. I think for the most part, as humans, we're just biased. And so if you're watching players night in and night out, maybe you're from the city where you're working and you're cheering for that team to do well. If there's a a 50-50 call, you might just be likely to give them the benefit of the doubt versus if they're not on your team. And one of the other interesting parts that actually came up in our research is that some scorekeepers were just more likely to give an assist to all players on either team. And so those scorekeepers just had a looser definition of what an assist is in general. It wasn't that they were biased for or against someone. They just had different definitions in their mind. I asked Van Bommel if he'd take a look at Vandersloot's record with me. I certainly won't claim to have an expert opinion on this, but I'm, I'm happy to take a look. I showed him the assist that felt questionable to me. For some, Van Bommel was fine with the decision to award an assist. Others, less so. On one play, a wing traces the three-point arc and receives the ball on the right side. She jabs right, fakes left, rips the ball through, and after two hard dribbles, turns the corner on her defender and banks in a layup. This one feels like less of an assist to me. It feels like there's more of a delay between the catch and the, the drive. There's kind of a pause and then the drive is made. There's almost like two distinct components. So you're, you're a no on this one. I would lean no on this one. On another play, Vandersloot leads a controlled four-on-four fast break. She passes to a teammate just over half court who takes two hard dribbles to the center, crosses over her defender, takes another dribble, then goes up and under for a reverse layup. Maybe the fact that it's in transition sort of adds a bit of grayness to it, but it certainly seems like most of the move towards the basket was sort of made after the pass. I'm leaning no on this one. On another play, the power forward sets up on the left block. Vandersloot bounces her a routine entry pass. The big backs down her defender with a dribble, fakes a right spin before hitting a jump hook over her left shoulder. A nice play, but not an assist in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great post move, and I think all the credit should be given to the player. Well, this is, this is very interesting because the old assist record in the WNBA was 16, set by a woman named Tisha Penichero, who played for the Sacramento Monarchs, and she actually had 16 twice in a game. And so technically, if we're going by what we think is the accurate tabulations, she should still have the record. What do we do with this information? First of all, I mean, that's, the story is just terrific. Um, and I certainly don't want to take away this new assist record. So I understand what you're saying. We feel bad. You know, someone's got a record. It's a nice thing. But it does seem a little off to me that this record was handed out. I'm not accusing the, the sky of um, cooking the books here. I mean, it, it's more than likely, I would say, that, that they just look at the box score and say, all right, that's a record. It wasn't like they're leaning on the statistician to be like, hey, let's, she's getting close. Let, let's be the invisible hand here. What I'm saying is when they look back at 
the assists, I think they need to be accurate and say, you know what, based on that reconsideration, I think, um, I think the Sacramento Monarchs player, Tisha Penichero, should keep the mark. I think from my perspective, what almost the ideal situation would be is if everything was just directly comparable, whereas this was just never a concern where there was a hard definition of what is and isn't an assist. Historically, it's always followed that exact definition. And so that when a record occurs, we can very confidently say, hey, this is an earned record. There's no subjectivity. There's no bias in this. Amending box scores after the fact is something occasionally done in the NBA. And according to Reynus, it's often a grassroots internet push serving as the driving force. The subreddit community, they, they believe the general consensus there was that uh, some of the members who noticed a couple of fishy assists uh, actually helped NBA take away triple doubles from LeBron, from uh, Giannis. I, I think it might have happened a couple of other times as well, but it's, it's something that definitely has seemingly occurred. And on some level, taking away a triple double it sort of, you know, takes away the fun from the sports. But uh, I think there are two ways to look at it. And it's it's sort of beautiful that in 2020, the game is so connected and uh, anybody with, with a computer and love for basketball can get involved in the discussion and be a part of the whole thing. Well, well you, you touched on something that was my hesitancy when it comes to looking at this WNBA record. What are your thoughts on pointing out some irregularities in a record and it might take away a record from someone who thinks they deserve it. This is actually the perfect example you brought up because there is seemingly no good from taking away a beautiful record from somebody who has a backstory about it. Obviously, it is it is a bit of a bummer when a record doesn't turn out to be true, but I, I would tend to think that it is in good fun. It is in uh, in the nature of being fanatic about this sport, about its athletes. So I, I don't think anybody should take it the wrong way. In, in some sense, you can tell a story about the fact that it was beautiful. And even though it's not perfect, it doesn't take anything away from the performance. Before letting him get back to his actual job doing analysis for the Kings, I asked Van Bommel one last question. Is there an argument that all this analysis is actually just great because it creates more debate, more conversation. And, and when we're talking about something like basketball, like, is that ever a bad thing? That's a great question. I mean, I certainly have fun discussing topics like this. And so to me, it's fun that, you know, you and I can watch something and discuss it and have differing opinions on it and, and figure out how much it impacted these records and these games and everything else. So from a, from a statistical point of view, I certainly would rather everything be completely consistent and in line. But from a basketball fan point of view, I mean, I think one of the most fun things is just talking about the game. And this has kind of given us an opportunity to do that. All right, that is it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. A big thanks to Matthew Van Bommel for taking the time to indulge me in this examination. It totally changed the way I think about assists. And a thank you to Rainus for speaking to me from Latvia about his experience with the Van Exel tapes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate and review on iTunes or follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Trickeration. And as we do at the end of every episode, we check in with the legend, Chris, Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, Chris. All right. See you guys next week. 
Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports. Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel now through June 9th. 